Monday, Monday. Happy Monday, everybody. This is your boy Dalton coming back with another episode of the Thinking Project podcast. And I really appreciate everybody who's tuning in and uh, keeping this podcast alive. I couldn't do it without you guys. I love interviewing. I love this whole creative process, but I try to do what I can for you guys. So if you have any suggestions or anything like that, uh, feel free to DM me on Instagram, message me on Facebook, or go to my website, daltonkjensen.com and uh, shoot me a message, shoot me an email and let me know what you guys want to hear. With all that being said, make sure that you're following me. And uh, since Apple uh, messed up all of their listening on iTunes, uh, make sure that you're following me on iTunes. Uh, Just hit that plus button at the top right hand corner. Uh, And if you're listening to this on anywhere else, just make sure you're subscribed and uh, help me out. Um, I really appreciate it. So today's guest is Christina. Inez, uh, who is a former uh, FBI violent crime analyst and senior manager. Now she's an author, speaker, podcast host, uh, and really a self-improvement guru. Um, Christina's new book, Life is an Escape Room, Applying Lessons Learned from a Successful Escape Blitz to Achieving More in Life, demonstrates how the skills you gain playing escape rooms with intention will make you more successful uh, in all aspects of your life. We actually had a great conversation about escape rooms and uh, I've done a few but not as many as her and we uh, it was a really really good conversation so I think you'll be uh, really happy with it Uh, we went around and around on it Uh, by the way this was filmed live this was recorded live so if you want to catch any of the live podcasts make sure you're following me on LinkedIn or the Facebook group or YouTube so that's where that's where all three of these go or excuse me that's where these go all three of those platforms so uh, make sure that you check us out, uh, and and I uh, hope you guys enjoy. And please welcome Christina Enes. Welcome everybody. This is Don Jensen, and you're tuning into the Thinking Project. Thanks for joining me, Christina. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a, we don't do any crazy intros. I'm sure my audience is kind of tired of hearing that, but we don't. <laughs> we just jump right into it. Uh, but I really appreciate uh, you being here. Uh, your bio and everything is is linked here so people kind of know what's going on. But I wanted to start with your uh, your kind of your story. So the whole point of this podcast is to is to like inevitably we get into tips and tricks, but I care more about the story. I care more about, you know, your journey as a as a creative and as a business owner and as an entrepreneur. Um, so why don't you tell us like where it all started? So I know you started uh, eventually you got to the FBI, but that might not have been where it started. Where, where did like how did your journey start? So the entrepreneur journey started when I was a kid. You okay. name it, I would try to find a way to make money off of it. <laughs> so yeah, I would like, right. uh, yeah. So I would uh, set up my lemonade stand and golf ball sales on the ninth hole because I figured that's when golfers were, you know, thirsty. <laughs> right. And so the, it started and the, from there. The ninth hole, they lost all their balls. <laughs> that's it. See. <laughs> so I actually I started out as an entrepreneur, but I I when I was going through college, I fell in love with the field of law enforcement. Um, so it's almost like I came full circle in, in my mm. career. So I really enjoy, I didn't want to be a cop or an agent because I didn't care for guns. And without fail, cops and agents, you ask any of them, they've had to wrestle a naked person. And I really didn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, not the I, whole reason. However, um, but I found yeah. that I've always really loved puzzles. 
Uh, and so you can see the escape room theme coming in here. Uh, mm -hmm. And at the time that I was just about to graduate from college, uh, it was a fairly new field. Crime analysis came out and I was like, OK, this is what I got to do. It's all puzzles. So mm -hmm. I went into crime analysis, did that for several years. And then when I wanted to get promoted within the FBI, uh, there was a leadership development program that they were forming. I'm like, OK, I got to be a part of this. So I got promoted, got into that, and I fell so much in love with everything that we were teaching, emotional intelligence, coaching, feedback, that I thought, okay, my kids are almost out of the house. This was a while ago. And let's return back to those entrepreneur roots that we started out with. And that's when I decided to open up my own business, doing the, the trainings and the speeches, any, anything personal development, professional development wise. And that's how we came full circle, essentially. That's awesome. So uh, that's pretty sweet that you mentioned, uh, you know, building puzzles and everything, uh, getting into puzzles and then finding your way into the to the FBI, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. How long were you in the FBI? Uh, almost 10 years. Oh, yeah. wow. So I spent so, I mean, um, about seven years doing. Yeah, about seven years doing yeah. the violent crime analysis and then three years doing the leadership development. And then that's about when my kids graduated high school, my last one. And Ooh. so I'm like, OK. It's time. I'm going to go out and open my own business now. <laughs> yeah, you're going to do your own thing. So what was the what was the first business that you opened after the FBI? It, well, it's been so the business as it is now, okay. well, not as it is now. So the business that I have, but it has evolved over time. So it started out with just okay. personal coaching and then it went okay. into training. Right. And then now I am do tra I do training and speeches, but I also have instructors and coaches that go around and do the training and the coaching. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, right on. <laughs> so it's a real deal. Well, I mean, that, that would be valuable inside. I mean, you got you got a lot. You have the credentials and, and something that people don't realize is, you know, I learned about emotional intelligence and like empathy and like, you know, this kind of like tactical empathy as like uh, one of my favorite authors, Chris Voss would write. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I used so to work with him. Funny, <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, well, we were in a That's cube farm, cool. uh, the same cube farm. <laughs> oh, okay. Right yeah. on. <laughs> That's really cool. Because, uh, well, I just mentioned that because he grew up in Iowa, in a little mm -hmm. town called Mount Pleasant, Iowa. And mm -hmm. that, and I grew up, they were, in, they were in our same district. I grew up in Keokuk, Iowa. Oh, okay. So, Small world. So I knew like, like Voss, like oil and stuff. Like I knew that. So anyway, I, I, I don't, this is for you. Um, but so anyway, I just, I just remember learning about this stuff and what's so crazy is, is the same things that work when you're like, you know, negotiating in business works when you're, cause I've, I've also done like negotiating in like, um, I've not negotiating, but I was a crisis counselor. I volunteered as a crisis counselor, mm -hmm. a crisis text line. And it's all the same stuff. Like it, it all like comes yeah. together. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's crazy how we can use all of these things and, and you can kind of mix and match them. So um, what made you want to get, I mean, I know you spent your last three years in leadership and development, but what was it, you know, you've always been an entrepreneur, you're doing the leadership and development in the FBI, but you end up, so you end up getting out of that. You end up an author, you end up in this personal development training. I mean, what was the whole reason behind it though? Was there something else behind it other than, just like all the perfect storm of everything coming together. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I've always had a mission in life uh, to help others you know, in different ways. So while I was doing violent crime analysis, I also taught. So I've, I've been training 
gosh, I did my first presentation in third grade. So I've been, yeah, I've been doing that too. So I've always, up until recently, uh, I've had multiple jobs. So I was also teaching college when I was doing the, the crime analysis and the leadership development. Um, so it's always, I've always, it's almost like I've always done the same thing, but it's just kind of showed up differently. And then opening my own business, I was able to fully dedicate my time to the training and stuff. But then also fill those creative juices by writing the different books. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and what was your first book? Because I, I read the last one. That's the that's yeah. the one that that I'm on. But what were what were the your fun first one? <laughs> so the <laughs> yeah. first one is uh, Quit Bleeping Around 77 Secrets to Super Achieving. And that oh, okay. was just a, a culmination of, of different lessons on being a super achiever. And then the second one was the secret to super productivity. So I tried to figure out how can I get so much more done than, well, usually my, my coworkers or when I was in the FBI and other places. And uh-huh. I realized that I have, I, I focus on energy management instead of time management. Mm, so that's, that's what that one point. is all about. And then the third one is I had to somehow funnel in my love of escape rooms and combine that <laughs> with personal development. So that's the third one. Oh yeah. Well, I mean the escape room one that I'm on um or or the at least that I'm going through right now is fascinating because there Aww. is. I mean it's just so crazy when you but that's why I like stories, right? Because mm-hmm. you know the principles in the book you know aren't like especially for, you know, for someone like me, they're not necessarily new, but I I find joy in reading them because like they're in this new light and I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's like cuz I've been to Harry Potter world. I uh, I was I did that escape room and then we did uh-huh. a few here in Salt Lake City." And it's, they're like really fun. And, and then you're like, yeah. holy crap. Yeah, there is a lot of lessons you can learn from this. Yeah. And just, but the story is cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, the, and the story is refreshing. So learning these lessons in, in the book that you're writing or in the book that you wrote is refreshing. Like, it's like, oh, this Aww. is great. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and it's in so we can know it. Right. But when we actually do it and practice it. And that's what I love about escape rooms is because it gives you a safe space to practice. We are brought to you by Legal Inc. Estate Planning. Listen, you wouldn't dine and dash, so why would you leave your family in the hands of the courts and the government when you pass away? Most people think they don't have enough to start estate planning or that it's too expensive. Things like wills and a trust. While those are valid reasons, they're limiting beliefs, guys, to creating and keeping the wealth that you want to have. Listen, it's free to talk to Michael to learn more about what you can do today to protect your tomorrow and live your best life. Wills are necessary, especially if you have a home and kids. And a trust is the number one way to build and retain your wealth. So it's your life. It's your story. Make it a good one. Visit LegalLifePlan.com to schedule your first conversation with Michael and tell him that the Thinking Project sent you. It'll be the best decision you've ever made. What Mm -hmm. we know, which doesn't always translate into, you know, us changing. (laughs) Yeah, 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 Yeah. absolutely. Well, it's kind of cool that that your books kind of build on one another. Yeah. Because at the end of the, at the end of, you know, the first two and then, and then with this final one or, or this third one, um, you get kind of like, all right, so here's what we can learn when we put it all together. Yeah. And you can go have fun and do escape rooms. <laughs> exactly. Have fun and learn at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you yeah. mentioned something about your second book, Energy Management. I kind of want to dive into that because that sounds really interesting. I feel yeah. like I have an idea of what it is, but can you explain more about energy management? Sure. Yeah. So it's a three-step system and it's uh, you can use it actually. So the book actually provides worksheets that you can work through. I use it intuitively though. 
So the first step is know yourself. So it's know your natural energy levels Mm -hmm. on any given day. Uh, And there's four highly technical, and I'm being uh, sarcastic, (laughs) highly technical (laughs) types of energy. So there's the super productive and that's, and it's subjective. So it's uh, when you are just bursting with energy, you know, like nothing can stop you. Uh, Third one is productive. That is uh, you're doing stuff, but you're not just like bursting with energy. The mm-hmm. second one it level is meh. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I can get stuff done, but I, as long as I'm not thinking about it. And then the 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 we'll call it level one is zombie. It's like the lights are on, but nobody's home. This is this is the time where you can only do a Netflix binge. So you pay attention mm-hmm. to where you're at on any given hour of any given day. And then so that's the first step. Know yourself. The second step is realize that you have energy consumers and energy creators. So it's mind your ECs. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's it's essentially looking at energy as a budget, right? Because we can't be productive for 24 hours a day. So whether you mm-hmm. manage your time well or not, if you don't have enough energy to do what you need to do. <laughs> so so thinking of it as a budget, right? So you get that that mm-hmm. natural level of budget. Then you look at what brings you energy what takes away your energy. So energy consumers could be negative emotions, right? Because we, we feel less energy when we have negative emotions. Um, thought spirals, you know, ruminating or worrying about something that takes away your energy. Mm-hmm. Distractions, any distractions in today's world, right? That takes <laughs> okay. away energy versus things that bring us energy like um, energy consumer, right? So that would be self-care, proper nutrition, eating, exercise, sleep. Um, what a positive emotions bring us energy? Right. Mm -hmm. And then and then plan accordingly. So if you have complete control over your day, plan out your day, do your we'll call level four. That's a super productive level. Do your level four tasks, ones that require you to be highly energetic during that level four time. Uh, Because what we want to do when we're feeling really productive is we want to knock out those 20 tasks that are really easy to do. Right. Instead of focusing on that one hardcore task. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So planning your day around that and then realizing that one, if you're feeling low on energy, there's some things that you can do to bring it up, like not have a chocolate bar because that even though we love it. Right. That'll bring up your energy momentarily, but then you'll crash. Um, Being aware of that, like there's there's different things, deposits you can make in your energy account, if you will, and Mm -hmm. limit those withdrawals so that you can meet whatever the day is throwing at you. That makes a lot of sense. And it's it's always interesting when you talk about because I like the energy management. Like the more that you talk about this, I'm gonna have to get that book because oh. I like that better than well, I, I like it better than time management. Cause you know, I've sat through some really bad in my like sales career, I've sat through some terrible time management like <laughs> yes. seminars or something. Uh-huh. And it's just it's just frustrating because yeah, I'm like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like in my mind. I like when I'm when I'm preparing to tackle a day, I do kind of that. Right. Because like I know that my energy like I do, I do certain things with my with my nutrition and my body that mm-hmm. the, my mornings are are like my best my best part of the day. Yeah, like I try, to, I try to stack it. You know uh-huh. what I mean? But it's kind of like what you're saying, like because I know like that I don't do certain things in the morning that help me focus. You know, yeah. one of the things I don't do is uh, just because I've learned this about my body is like, I don't eat breakfast. I, uh, I'll have like a, I'll have like um, some tea Mm -hmm. or like water or like some zero calorie drink or something like that. 
because I just like if I eat a big breakfast, I'm like done. I'm like groggy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get yeah, tired. Crashes. I'm like, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and and it's also me, right? Because I'm not the kind of guy who like eats uh I don't eat small breakfasts. Like if I'm gonna uh-huh. eat, like I, I go eat. So I'm like, uh-huh. okay, probably better if I just don't eat. Um, but th- so that's my thing is like I don't really need time management. I need what you're talking about, right? Like this, yeah. you need to know yourself. And yeah. for some people, that could be different, like you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. And do things uh, according to your energy levels. And it also right. gives you permission too. like some people feel they need to push themselves for eight to nine hours a day. I mean, mm-hmm. I get most of my work done in two to three hours. So, I mean, unless I'm running a workshop. So sure. why should I push myself through, through those other hours when I'm not going to be productive anyway? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and <laughs> yeah. that's and that's kind of the theory, right? So I, I do my late I do my lesser tasks, my lesser, maybe not important, but they don't take as much energy. Like that's yeah. it, right? In fact, mm-hmm. as as I'm saying that, that makes yeah, that's what I do. I was like, <laughs> I do my I do my lower energy tasks at the end of the day when I'm like There you okay. go. You so know, you're intuitively using it, it sounds like a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because well, because I just got really angry <laughs> with these times because I'm like, I don't need time management. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Personally, yeah. like I just need to know if I I know it needs to be done. And then I know, you know, yeah, kind of like you're saying, like intuitively, I know like what I can handle when I can handle it. And then, you know, when it yeah. and uh, and sometimes, yeah, and sometimes at the end of the day, if I haven't gotten something done, I just I just make sure I that's the first thing I do in the morning. You know what I there mean? There you go. Yeah. Or, or whatever or whatever. <laughs> so that's really cool. So, um, you know, you mentioned you got this whole kind of like coaching practice going mm-hmm. on. So where, so what uh, do you teach? What I started like? out with. Uh, so the coaching, okay, actually, okay. I have coaches that do the coaching now. <laughs> that's right. That I mean, they do okay. speeches yeah. and workshops. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool, 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 cool. So the, I mean, the coaches that work, that work with you for you, um, so what do they mainly focus on? Like what are your, what are your workshops that you focus on? Ah, so with the coaches, I bring them in when I do leadership development programs for companies. So for okay. example, one company, they go through six different workshops throughout a year and then oh, they get wow. four to five coaching sessions throughout that time. And they also get like a 360 feedback um, sure. okay. and, and then yeah. different trainings, popular trainings, regardless of if it's a leadership development program or not, our coaching feedback uh, a popular one right now is how to present virtually in, well, both virtually and in the hybrid oh. environment. Yeah. Um, let's one, see. yeah. Other ones, um, emotional intelligence. I have a okay. self-awareness class. It, it's a whole That's catalog a of about 40 courses, but those so are the favorites. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I mean, why do you think the, the emotional intelligence and self-awareness? I mean, I, cause I, in my head, I feel like, you know, the, I, obviously I know like those are huge, you huge, know, whenever yeah. I teach sales, whenever I teach sales, like, and I don't, and I coach like a little bit in sales to help like small business owners and stuff, but I do cool. that. I mean, one of the first things that we go over is like empathy. Yeah. Like if you're not, if you don't even, if you don't know how to sound empathetic, like, <laughs> how <laughs> yeah. can give, I mean, I know that I, I don't mean to say that in like a shallow way. I think you should genuinely and authentically be empathetic, but yeah. Sometimes you can be genuinely and authentically empathetic, but it doesn't sound like it. Yeah. Right? It's, it's not, not coming across. Saying, how you say it. Yeah. So um, for you, why do you think those are the most important, like emotional intelligence, self-awareness, kind of like know yourself, these, these t- types of classes? Huge. Right. So uh, mm-hmm. 
everything that we do at home and at work involves others right yeah and yeah, yeah, yeah. emotional intelligence and they don't teach us this well at least they didn't when i was growing up or in college right, right? they don't teach you how to play well with others in the sandbox essentially yeah. and that's yeah, how yeah, yeah. we get everything done in our lives so yeah. and there's research study after research study that shows you know more uh, emotionally intelligent cops interact better with folks and there's fewer violent mm -hmm. situations uh more right. emotionally intelligent salespeople make more sales, you know, more emotionally <laughs> intelligent leaders have happier and higher performing teams. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just study after study after study just shows that the more that we can get along better with others, the more successful we'll be. <laughs> right? Which is, which is strange that you would even need to study that. Exactly. Doesn't it just make sense though? Am I yeah. off base there? <laughs> well, I mean, you think about like how many people get married and they don't even think about how they need to learn how to be in a relationship mm -hmm. other than what they saw growing up, right? I just think it's funny. We go to college and learn sk technical skills for things, but we don't learn how, like, how to have a good relationship or how to be a good parent or you know, how to be mm -hmm. a good leader. Or it's just, uh, it's fascinating. Yeah, and that's why I wanted yeah. to be in this area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you bring up a really good point there because I, I talked with a marriage and, you know, he's a marriage and family therapist. Um, and he said something really interesting. He was talking about, he said two things that are really interesting that kind of tie into this. He said, the first, the sign that you, the sign that you know, you need marriage counseling, like the sign for that is when you get married. <laughs> and he said, <laughs> yeah. he said, you know, but you know, because we don't learn how to, you're right. Like we don't learn yeah. how to communicate with people. And then he said, the second thing was, he's like uh, one third of people who enter like premarital counseling, like mm -hmm. one third of the, couples like end up not getting married and i was uh -huh. like i was like that's super interesting but it, it's back to your point that like you know we we do we learn all these things uh yeah. but we don't learn and what's i what i think is like funny is we learn like these skills in college right because i'm sure like i'm sure you charge for your coaching and i'm sure it's not the cheapest form of coaching that you could buy and <laughs> and writing stuff like i don't yeah. think it should be either but you learn these, these skills in college you get a you you get a job and then like you end up having to pay for these things anyway. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's just like <laughs> yeah. it's just funny to me that like yeah. <laughs> like invest in better? yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean and and by the way I think you should but I think it's ironic that the things yeah. that you that you could learn very easily in college like when you're around everybody with when you're yeah. around well <laughs> like yeah. they don't teach you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, oh, exactly. It's funny. It's, funny. Yeah. it's, it's, it's funny to be. So that's, that's really cool. So let's talk about, um, your book with, with escape rooms. Uh -huh. So I, I read at the beginning of the book that it kind of started at Harry Potter world, uh, with your daughter who was, yep. who, you were there on vacation. Um, how was your first experience? <laughs> so it was awesome. Well, it, it, yeah, my daughter, 21st birthday, she wanted to go to Harry Potter World. So we went down to Orlando. We had a day off and she's like, let's go do an escape room. And I thought, that sounds stupid. <laughs> go sit in a room and do puzzles. I can sit in here and do puzzles, right? I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. go. And then, I mean, we were addicted. We came back the next day and then did the like other three at that location. Um uh -huh. Gosh, and since then we're over at this point five hundred and twenty 
So that's escape insane. rooms. Yeah. But it just, that's uh, great. they're amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so where have you been? Have, do you like purposely go to places to seek out escape rooms? Yes. Uh, we've been to 20 <laughs> different countries and 22 wow. states. So we'll go on vacations, we call them, <laughs> at least a couple of times That's a year. That's right. So yeah. was this, so was it the first time you went through the escape room that you realized like, gosh, all of these principles were applying? Uh, or? No, at that point, I was just trying to soak it all in because there's a lot, especially it's hard to remember back to the first time. I just remember being like, oh my God. <laughs> so it, it yeah. was after a while um, that we started learning that, oh, wow. Uh, emotions come up and we have to figure out how to one identify when we are emotionally triggered and how to work mm -hmm. through it in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, oftentimes it would be like when you get to that last five minutes of a room and you look up and it seems like there's 20 puzzles left. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> right. So that's, you start getting triggered yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, and like, do you snap at who you're with and tell them to get on the ball or do you like take a minute, take a breath? So we just started mm -hmm. noticing that I would say probably between 20 and 50 escape rooms is when we started noticing different things and how, or I like should say, you I gotta did. be like, yeah, yeah that you gotta yeah. be like, mm. because there is a lot. I mean, just that I haven't done that many, uh -huh. but I do, <laughs> I do remember it is, it is funny how quickly people like when you're in a group of like the five or six or cause we were, we were in a group, we had about five, six, seven people. And it is quick. It is, it is very strange how quickly leaders rise up. Or like people yeah. look to certain people for like, okay, what are we doing next? And like, yeah, and it's and it happens like very quickly because most, at least the the escape rooms I've done were all timed. Are, yeah. are they all, all timed? of them? Are. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You can stay in there forever. Yeah. <laughs> and that puts that puts a lot more stress on uh, everybody because you're like timed now. So now yeah. it's like it's crazy because everybody knows there's a time limit. Everybody knows there's puzzles that need to be fixed, and then. It's it's amazing how quickly people look to each other and find a leader. Yeah. Or that, how the I mean, personality comes out. So I actually I oh, um, yeah. I was in St. Louis uh, doing um, it, it, it was a self-awareness training. So it involves personality and it's mm -hmm. a color system. So the different color energies and oh, yeah. the, the, the folks that I was training, they're like, you love escape rooms. We would love to go to one. Let's go to one tonight. Yeah. I'm like, OK. So it, it was funny how immediately, because I think most of them, that was a brand new experience, but it was funny yeah. how we had talked all day about personality and self-awareness. And then the minute we get into that room, those personalities were really showing up and they were noticing yeah. it. And I loved it. Like, oh, that's really red of you. Oh, let's let's we need to really blue <laughs> this right now. Blue is look into the details. Red is like drive yeah. forward and go. But it was right. funny how they were immediately noticing than their personalities and how that was showing up in the escape room. So it was, it was neat. Yeah, that, yeah. that's very, and, and it would be even cooler to see that. That's a, that's an incredible experience because it would be cool to see how people reacted like, oh, this is, you know, we need a, we need a detail oriented person to look into this. Yep. And then does everybody, does everybody else kind of step back and let, and, you know, kind of like a teamwork thing. Does everybody yeah. else kind of step back and let this guy do his thing? And then they should. They should, not always, but they should. Right. <laughs> that's right, what right. my husband and I do. We're like, oh, that's yours. Okay. That one's mine. Back off. Yeah. And then if you need to come back and kind of and, and get a fresh eye on yeah. it or something like that, you can. But 
Um, that's that's incredible. So what are some of the I mean, besides what you've written in the book, are, are there any other like like glaringly obvious lessons that people can learn from going to escape rooms? Mm, well, like what's well, the I biggest one? The, I, the top three, I would say, are perception because escape rooms okay. like to mess with that. Right. <laughs> right? So you yeah. have to really get out of that. Um, those, well, the, what is it? You have to create neuroplasticity, right? So we have those neural, I'm just losing it right now. Neural, <laughs> I can't remember what they're called. Anyway, <laughs> we have the, yeah. this tunnel vision, right? Based on our past experiences. And yeah. so we have to look beyond that um, in order to solve a lot of the puzzles. So that's one. The second one is emotional intelligence. So it's being aware of our emotions and how they're affecting us in the moment and how we can harness them to help us move through rooms or life. And then the other one is communication. Mm -hmm. And essentially with that, the top lesson is think relationship first. Again, it's a little switch in perception. Think relationship mm -hmm. first, whoever it is, relationship first. And that changes how you communicate with them. Um, like, so tell me more about relationship first. Ah, so one of the things, the rules that we have when we go into escape rooms, it's the goal is not to escape. Essentially, the goal is relationship first to have a fun experience with the people that we're with um, okay. and therefore building our relationship. And it's amazing going in with that mindset, how relaxed you are and going through. And we have a 97 percent escape rate. So this is a, a good. <laughs> right? so this, is, this is a very important skill to have. So going in with that thought, the perception of relationship first. It changes how you communicate with each other. It changes how you approach the puzzles, puzzles in life too, right? Um, mm -hmm. So it just helps set that mindset on we're here to accomplish something with other folks. So mm -hmm. we're not going to like yell at each other and snap at each other if we mess up. It's okay, let's keep going because it's all about building that relationship instead of getting the end goal of escaping. Okay. I, I kind of want to go down this rabbit hole with this because yeah. this is interesting. So can you give me examples of like relationship first in like a business setting? Because I understand course. like if you're with, if you're with friends and family, I get that. Uh, but, the, and then it kind of leads to another question, but, but what are some examples of like relationship first and like a, maybe like an employer employee relationship or something like that? Oh yeah. So lots of examples. Um, okay. So how about, well, employee employer, uh, or boss, we can look at it from that perspective. Um, sure. You need to go in and have a conversation with your boss, let's say, uh, going in with, okay, I want to make sure and build this relationship with my boss. Uh, I want to have a good working relationship with them. That's going to change how you approach them for, say, maybe asking for a raise or discussing feedback that they gave you or discussing the next project you want. I mean, whatever you want to discuss, having that sure. in your mind changes the way you talk to them. You know, we're more apt to treat them um, in a, well, empathetic way. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're more apt to speak to them um, in a nice way. We're more apt because it's all about building that relationship. You know, right, how can we right. make you our relationship really, better? Yeah. 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 I mean, that works in all cases, like entrepreneur client, right? Uh, mm -hmm. How can I continue to build this relationship with this person? Sales. Going in with that mindset, I'm going to build a relationship with this person, get you clients for years instead of just getting that next sell. Right, 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 right. That's great. So how do you handle this relationship first in a, if you have to have a hard talk? Yeah, well, you, re, you it means you approach it with more empathy. 
I love that you brought that up because I did have to have a pretty hard talk um, with a colleague and good friend not too mm-hmm. many years ago. And we actually had we actually ended up having to split ways, but we were talking about how can we split ways because we had um, some business uh, stuff together and going into that relationship w- or that conversation with relationship first, you know, how can we both um, hold each other? Uh, not hold each other. What is the word? Um, <laughs> just how can we both focus on, okay, we're, we're going to continue to treat each other like fellow human beings with compassion, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. Okay. yeah really change yeah. the way like we're, we like we're humans like, negotiated. Yeah. Yeah. This, this isn't. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what you're trying to say is if, if I were to say to my own words, is something like this. I mean, the cards just weren't in our favor this time. Yeah. Like, you know, there's not, we, not personal, like we just, we just got to figure this out and then be happy the rest of the way. Yeah. How can we, okay. uh, you brought up negotiation with Chris Voss, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how can we make everyone feel uh, like human and respected and part of this conversation? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I feel like, you know, because the reason I asked that is just sometimes like, and I'm glad that you brought up that story because sometimes like, you know, the, the relationship like if we have to have a hard talk, sometimes like if that, if it's a business relationship, it's a, if it's a friendship or something like that, sometimes yeah. that's not salvageable. Like, yeah, you, you know, sometimes you just got, you have creative differences in your business and you, you got to go different ways and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But, but yeah, like leading with like, we're just, we're humans and all this and we're just different and that's okay. And we're exactly. just going to figure this out. What's the, what's that's the best it. way that would benefit all of us uh, in how we walk away from this? Yeah, 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 yeah. And no, like, no, like hard feelings, no bitterness yeah. or like as little as possible. As little as possible. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, then yeah. there comes that emotional intelligence portion of it, right? <laughs> right. Which is like, yeah, yeah how are we going to tactfully, you know, get get around? Like, how are we going to get the job done without all the, the um, emotions? Yeah. Like, uh, oh, I guess like unnecessary emotions. Because I wanted yeah. to talk to you a little bit about that, too. So you talk about you know, uh, I would use the phrase like emotional management, Mm -hmm. um, especially in those, like in in escape rooms. Yes. (laughs) Like when when you're like, when you got no time on the clock and you Uh got to figure this out, right? Like, how do you, how do you, like, how do you deal with that? Oh, so I love this portion of it because I I love anything brain related, right? (laughs) So we have that emotional part of our brain and then we have that logical, rational part of our brain, which is mainly the prefrontal cortex in us humans. Um, The more we uh, are, the more that we trigger that fight or flight response, the less able we are to respond rationally to things, right? Mm -hmm. So the more that we can stay in that rational part of our brain, the calmer we can stay. Uh, that we can think about our emotions instead of just like dive into them and go, the more effectively we can, we can go after things. So harnessing. So um, let's say, oh, I I can't even remember if if this is a story in the book, (laughs) but it's one that I talk about in the speech where uh, we were on a boat, an escape boat, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, (laughs) yes. So, and being aware of how our emotions get triggered. Right. So on this escape boat, we got to this one point where we were in a room and it started filling up with water and an alarm went off. Very loud, piercing alarm. Uh, So we were very familiar with emotions. Um, Right. And knowing about getting triggered, 
um, and knowing that we needed to stay calm and in that rational part of our brains so we could continue solving puzzles to get out. So yeah. having to do whatever you need to do to get yourself calm. So the alarm, my ears are sensitive. <laughs> the alarm yeah, going off yeah. was driving me crazy. And the water was, um, we were standing on this grate and I thought, oh, it's not going to go above the grate. I mean, <laughs> they're not going to ruin the the room, right? Well, it started rising above the grade at that point. We had to actually climb up on all the furniture uh, in the room. Yes, it was. Oh. <laughs> but you know, you don't really, you don't realize you're on a boat and it's filling up with water. What is your brain telling right. you? Ooh, right? yeah, and so yeah, the alarm yeah. going off. So I actually had to go back into a different part of the boat and start pacing so that I could calm myself down because I get real physical when I get um, fight or flight. Um, mm-hmm. Like I have to play tennis or box or something when I'm nervous. Mm-hmm. So I actually started pacing back and forth so that I could get that excess energy off so I could focus. But the idea is understanding where that point is. Keep hitting my mic. Sorry. <laughs> where that point is for for us to go into that emotional part of the brain versus being able to. We still have emotions, but being able to rationally respond to things and making sure that you're able to regulate yourself enough that you can stay in still stay in that emo, that rational part of your brain while you're having those emotions, if that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I teach my kids like uh, breathing. That's perfect. Yes. Yeah. So when we're, you know, we're just like, Hey, we don't need to talk about this right now. We need to take a few deep breaths. We need to like, you know, do something because it will, especially like kids, like they just, they don't hear you. Mm -hmm. Like when they're, when they're doing this, like they literally can't hear you. (laughs) Because they're not in that rational part of their brain. Right, right, yeah. right. So, you know, I use my fingers and I'm like, eyes, look at me. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah, you know? yeah, that calming, um, that, that's the perfect calming mechanism, breathing. Yeah. And you know what's funny? Like when I was a sales manager, I did the same thing with my sales guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> be like when it they start freaking out, like, hey, look at me, look at me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like, you know, they would get mad at me. They're like, I know you do that to your kids. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't really it know the difference right now, one. man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's yeah, it is true, but it's true. I'm like, I geez. So so that that's really that's really cool. So what what are some of the most important things that you talk about when you talk about how to manage your emotions and like you know, especially in like a business environment? I mean, I've been in some corporations where it's like that I mean, I wish that everybody would learn that we can just like I mean, I've, I've made mistakes. Like, don't get me wrong. I was, you know, pretty young when I got my first manager, like title. And yeah, it's probably the worst thing that ever happened to me was getting it that young. Cause I, and the best thing, because I learned a lot about myself, you know, I learned a lot about this idea. So, but what are some of the things that happened, uh, that, that you go talk about? With, One with of the business? big ones. Yeah. Is, um, how our beliefs create our emotions. Right. So Mm. one uh, um, perception, essentially. So and when I'm telling um, when I'm sharing this during my escape room speech, I share the story about how my husband and I both went into a room with a a live zombie or we should say a live actor with an playing an undead zombie. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah, So he didn't necessarily listen to the what the game master, the instructions she was sharing at the beginning. And I did. And I won't get too much into it, but. I went in with a, hey, this is uh, a live actor that I get to mess with um, because he can't touch us until we find Nerf guns. My husband went in with, this guy is going to try, the zombie's going to come after us. 
And so we had two completely different experiences. When the zombie came and like banged mm. on the door, I acted like I was in the bathroom. I said, it'll be out in a minute. <laughs> right? yeah, where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he's like trying to shut the door and keep the zombie out and stuff. And he was exhausted. I was excited. It was just <laughs> the, our beliefs created two completely different realities from the same circumstance. Oh, so for I'll, sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you didn't, so if you had, didn't realize that they couldn't touch you, <laughs> that would be mm-hmm. freaking Yeah. Scary. If you didn't hear it, right? <laughs> yeah. I was listening. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but the idea that <laughs> our beliefs uh, in any kind of workplace or home re- relationship affects how we see it. And one of the examples I use is um, let's say uh, the same, the same situation, uh, you, you get interrupted. Uh, by work colleagues or friends during a conversation. If you mm-hmm. have the belief that my voice isn't worth hearing, you get interrupted by a colleague, what goes on in your head? Something like, oh, they didn't hear me because my worth, my voice isn't worth hearing. You know, no one wants to listen to me, right? So yeah, if, yeah, cool. if you yeah. have the belief of, well, people who do that are just rude, right? then you're going to get angry <laughs> and you're going to fight back with those colleagues or maybe interrupt them back. If you go yeah. with the belief of, oh, that person's probably just excited. My voice is worth hearing. They're probably just excited, right? So assuming positive intent, you're going to have a mm-hmm. completely different experience than anyone else. So understanding mm-hmm. that your perception creates your reality, which then creates your emotions. Yeah. So if you are in a situation where you're constantly upset with someone, maybe thinking about what's a different way I can look at this. What would uh, a belief about what's going on serve me better? so that I would quit getting so frustrated or worried or whatever. Yeah. I I mean, that that's a big one though, because I had, I learned that through a lot of trial and error. Mm -hmm. I learned. (laughs) Don't we all. (laughs) Well, so now I like, whenever something happens like that, like for me personally, I just stop for a second and kind Mm -hmm. of like let the situation play out. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Because yeah. Yeah. I mean, I try to at first because of like, I'm very stoic in my like beliefs and and, like how I try to act. So I like, I just like now if someone says something that I'm not really sure what, what they meant or something. uh, And it's also like a tip I learned in like, you know, doing these interviews is like, Mm -hmm. I'll just be quiet and I'll just be like, (laughs) and then let them keep going and kind of see what they were. You know what I mean? And I, and I'm going to assume anything like, cause I don't really know. But that's what I want. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. And so yeah. now I just kind of like, you know, I don't do anything. I just let somebody yeah. else keep talking or I let the situation kind of play out because I've been burned where you like jump the gun too fast and <laughs> you realize that nothing like it was actually just an accident or like yeah. you jump the gun too quick. And and, uh, you know, maybe it was something serious and you handled it wrong because you jumped the gun too quick or whatever. Yeah. And so that that's a good point that, yeah, just kind of like. So now I'm like, I get better. I'm better. I get better every day, but you know, I get, yeah. I am, I'm getting pretty good at just like sitting there and just <laughs> yeah, it, waiting. That's a good one. Waiting and seeing. Yeah. Right. And then the other thing you could do is ask clarifying questions. Like, am yeah, I right okay, in okay. thinking that you, you, you're angry about X, Y, Z, or, you know, yeah. am I right in, uh, do, do, let me make sure I understand this correctly. It sounds like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right. And then yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah. check. Check with them. Do a check-in. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. that's, yeah, yeah. I don't understand. I mean, I, it took me a long time to learn it. So I guess I do understand. <laughs> because, <laughs> it's like, because it's like, dang, dude, you just got to. So that's what I try to teach. Like when I'm in, when I'm in these kind of sales things 
is I try to get that a point across that like you got to um, because uh, the story that I think of when I hear when I hear your story um, is an old like <laughs> Buddhist analogy of like getting shot with an arrow and the arrow is painful. But the story you tell yourself about why you got shot with the arrow is where is where you die. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Wow. That's you know, cool. Yeah. So, so, yeah. um, I just, you know, I read that in a book and that was actually when my whole mind changed. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I was like, yeah, that's a really good point <laughs> because, yeah. you know, because then the argument is, is like, what if they actually meant to do it? And I'm like, well, then you can get out of there and go and go back. <laughs> like you said boundaries, right? Like, just like what I'm sure, you know, well, they actually did mean to offend you. Okay. Well now I know what boundaries I need to set. And I know where I, yeah. you know, what I can do to not get hurt anymore. So, it's, yeah. so it's a good, it's a good, it's a very great skill that everybody should have, especially if you're going to go down this yeah. entrepreneur journey. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It reminds me. Uh, so my, my son, he has his, his first uh, post army job. Um, okay. And he, he texted me, he was so frustrated the other day. He's like, they're giving me all the hard tickets and, and they're taking all the easy ones, his bosses. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, so you can get mad at that or let's have a little perception change. Let's think of this as, hey, look at all this amazing experience I'm getting under my belt that I can be even more valuable next time I switch jobs and ask for more money. And so mm -hmm. he's like, thanks, mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is hard. <laughs>